show. Uh, thanks again for joining us. If you're joining us again, if you've listened to this podcast before, if you're brand new, welcome to the Risen Fallen Podcast, formerly known as the Hey Mark Podcast. This is maybe the last time I say that. I think I'm just going to start running with the new name now. Um, but yeah, welcome to the Risen Fallen Podcast. Um, you probably heard about us before. If you haven't, uh, it's mental health, self-development uh, types of conversations. Try and keep it open and authentic and uh, just kind of roll with it. Uh, today, I'm joined by Hussein Aziz from the EYG podcast, Everything You Got. And um, before I give you a little bit of an introduction, why don't you just tell people like kind of who you are and, and what you're all about, and we'll just roll into it from there. Absolutely, man. I um, never even opened up like that, but I got to remind myself I'm also on camera here, too. <laughs> I can't just stare into the floor. But uh, yeah, man, my name's Hussein. I have uh, I've start, I actually started my own podcast a little while ago. Hasn't have not been as consistent as Mark here. He's been an absolute beast for putting <laughs> out content. Uh, but uh, I reached out to him recently, and we had a great, great uh, first session and doing round two. But my podcast all is really, you know, what I say, people is the number one skill set that you can really develop now at the age that I'm at now. What I've learned is almost the one skill you can develop that'll trump. Every other skill set, and it'll enhance everything else you do, is the ability to see yourself. And once you can see yourself, that skill set will change every other skill set that you have. It'll enhance it and allow you to learn other skills faster. And if you want to improve and change your life, if you begin there, it's it, the, uh, the sky's the limit, man. That's really what it is, and that's mainly what I like to talk about on my podcast right now. But it's going to be expanding with that theme in mind. Just the perspective of each individual looking within, trying to understand for yourself versus uh, just repeating what we're told. Mm-hmm. Man, I, I vibe with that a lot because um, obviously in the age of propaganda, people think that propaganda ended in like the 40s, 50s, and 60s, but it's just fucking heavier now. Right. Um, we can get into that as well. Um, but what I was going to ask you, I, I didn't actually get to ask you this when I was on your show. Right was um when you're talking about like kind of like seeing yourself um mm-hmm. the way i view that is like kind of like understanding who you are uh why your identity is uh would you say that that's basically what you're saying yeah definitely it, that's a start but i think it's got to go deeper than that and one of the places i like to start is i just kind of is it these three series of questions if you can answer these questions and see what you answer on the last one will give you a good decent idea and the way i like to ask is that more you know would you say it's fair to say that for the most part, all of us around the world have a general understanding that lying is wrong? We shouldn't lie. Yeah. Right? Can then can we also agree that, you know, for the most part, not all of us are perfect and that everybody lies? Yeah. Right? Okay. Then yeah, then we have to ask ourselves, like, okay, why is it then understanding those two things, when someone close to me lies to me, why do I get upset? Like, I know everyone lies. I know everyone knows it's wrong. But when someone lies to me, I get upset. Because at that point, who's really, you know, who's really at play here? And that's what I mean to be able to see yourself. Is that when you feel like you've been wronged or anything in life, being able to keep your eyes on yourself and understand why you're responding the way that you are is really the skill set. And it's very difficult to do at first is because we're emotional beings. And when we're wired, our eyes are like lasered out into the world. And But if you can learn to keep your eyes on yourself in those moments, uh, it's really a game changer. So is it kind of like, um, like, is it kind of like the way that you view like kind of identity is like, uh, 
like we're like a leaf on the tree kind of thing like we're like you're a piece of the same thing that everyone else is like you kind of see yourself as the same as everybody else is that what you're saying like because you're like you yeah we know lying is wrong and then the second thing you said was like everyone we we know that everyone lies Mm -hmm. so why do we get mad when we see someone doing the thing they they know is wrong but then it's also like internally you're like saying to yourself but i also am that person is that absolutely. what you're saying? Absolutely. Well, yeah, absolutely. But I mean, let's go back, like, even for you specifically, right? Can you think back to a time where someone lied to you? Yeah. And you got upset? 100%. Why did you get upset? Because I'm like, yo, why couldn't you have just been fucking honest, man? Right. But have you lied to somebody? Yes. And why did you lie? Well, different reasons, right? Right. Yeah. So what's really, you know, what are we really doing here? At that point, you know what I mean? If, yeah. if we under, if, why do you think your reason was more justified in that moment than that person lying to you? Yeah, no, I get what you, uh, I don't know. I can't answer that question because I feel like um, there's times that I've lied where I've been like, would I do that again? Probably. Uh, and then there's other times where I'm like, fuck, I can't believe I did that. Right. Right. Well, you know, and the reason why I say this, the, the, why this stems for me is because I had, I reached a point in my life. I just, I had to take complete ownership of what was going on because I was in such a shitty place. Everything sucked. Nothing was working. And because nothing was working, I had to like, and I realized that so much of my energy was just outside. I was just scattered everywhere in the world, everywhere in the world. I was scattered. And I come to understand, I came to understand that, yes, you know, my life hasn't been perfect. I've been through some challenges. I had, you know, all sorts of things kind of go wrong in my life. Some, a lot of it was out of my control. But if I really, really, really want my life to improve, ultimately, no one is going to come for you. No one's going to come and save you. Because, and anyone who tries and tries to do it, it'll always be temporary. Because what I found is no one really can save you. No Mm -hmm. one really can save you. And it and I mean, this might go even deeper, but like not even you can save you. You, know, you just have to surrender to something greater. And it begins with surrendering the self that you think you are. And that's the most, you know, that's a really, really daunting task for a lot of people. Because like I, when I asked you, you know, why, why did you get upset when you lied? Why did you get upset when someone lied to you? But you think it's okay, your moment is justified. Mm-hmm. And that's just lying. You think about all the other things that we do in mm-hmm. life. Mm-hmm. We get upset when it happens to us, but we have no idea that we're also doing it. Mm-hmm. And when I hit that point in life, which has been fairly recent, that even amongst my family sometimes where there's arguments happening, it's just mind-blowing to me that someone can be upset at someone, angry at them for doing something that they are literally doing at the exact same moment. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I'm like, it's almost like insanity. It really is. Mm-hmm. Have you ever had a moment where, like, you were upset or you're, you're about to go into an argument because you've been mad at someone and you're sitting in the car and you're like, I'm going to say this. And then when they say that, I'm going to say this. <laughs> right. And then when you're, have you ever had that? Yeah. I think everybody can kind of yeah, relate bro. to that. Right. Yeah. You're, you're at the car and while you're doing, you're having this conversation, you're getting all worked up. And then you have this aha moment. You're like, I am so pissed off. And there's literally nobody in the car with me. Yeah. Yeah. No one is even there. It's almost insane. Yeah. Right? And that's the complexity of the mind. And, 
you can get trapped into that if you cannot see yourself is what mm-hmm. I found. It's, it's just a general rule. I'm sure there's an, ex- there's an exception to every rule. But it's a rule that I've applied for myself recently, and it's just an understanding that I came to myself, just being keeping my eyes on myself. And when I came to this understanding, my life started to improve. Yeah, yeah. So what what kind of made you? Because you, you like um, you started the EYG podcast, and what kind of made you kind of want to start that podcast? I'm always curious because I think that a lot of people that you know, start podcast, myself included. I think there's a lot of similarities in our stories. Right. But I'm always curious to kind of dig apart, like, or dig into, like, what... Because, like, you have this realization. Right. And then I guess you have the... You're like, I need to share this with people. Yes. Um, yes. Yeah, so um, where it started for me was, to be honest, it was a combination of different things. I launched it right in the middle of the pandemic, so I was... I, everybody had a little bit more time at home. <laughs> and yeah. that kind of gave me uh, that kind of... Gave me some time to do it. But really what the catalyst was is in 2018, I had reached a point where my life was just not working. I was, uh, I, I, got, I got invited, I went on a cruise trip with some of the, my favorite people in life, you know, some of my best friends. Uh, we were out in the middle of this cruise trip and in the, in the Bahamas is a beautiful place. And on this cruise, it's just joyous and all the families are there. And I had a room to myself and we were out on the... Um, this is the first time. I, no, actually, it's not the first time I'm sharing it publicly. It's on my own damn podcast. But uh, I was on this cruise ship, and I guess I was depressed. You know, I was depressed. And something just inside of me felt like something was telling me that the water was just the place to go. It just seemed like a place. I can't even put it into words. I think for someone who's never really experienced it, it doesn't really make a lot of sense. And it shouldn't. It really shouldn't make sense. But the best way I can put it is... That night, I just went out into the balcony, and I sat there for like a couple hours just contemplating my life because nothing had worked at this point. Every time, it just I just felt like a, like a failure at everything, and much like uh, when I interviewed you, you were talking about at that point, like you sucked at everything, you know, and everyone, like, I can't do anything right, and if I can't do anything right, what's the damn point? Mm-hmm. And so I grabbed the lawn chair that was there. The rails were pretty high, and I put one foot on the railing. And I looked right dead into that water, and I felt like I was just ready to go, you know? And it made a lot of sense. It was like a, it was almost as if, like, I should do it. If I don't do it, I'm an idiot. Mm-hmm. And lucky for me, I don't know what it was, call it divine intervention or whatever, but I just had this image in my mind of myself already in the water, and I could see this, like, boat just drifting away. And this was mental image. And that in that moment, that boat just represented life for me. And as it kind of slowly got away, then I just started picturing like people close to me, my family and everything. And then it just snapped out of it. And I climbed down. And at that moment, I was like, holy shit, that was really close. Mm-hmm. And I, I mean, growing up, I was never anybody that I thought like I almost I thought depression was a joke. Mm-hmm. Really. I kind of judge people, to be honest, who said who claimed to be depressed. I always saw that. You know, people who committed suicide were selfish and all that stuff. And that's what I saw. I had no real understanding. I had no real perspective on life. I was a really young man at that point. But when it came through, I was like, holy. And I had to make a decision. I'm like, I either got to, I can't run from this anymore. I got to run right towards it. And because if I don't beat it, it will beat me, as it almost did here. And then, so fast forward two years later, I'd gone through a lot. I just put all of my energy and effort into understanding myself, understanding me. What brought this young man to that point? And I just stopped blaming things on any... I just stopped blaming life. I, start, I stopped blaming people. I, I tried to take responsibility for myself. And that alone is... There's steps to it. You know, you'd start to take responsibility for one thing. And if you continue down on that path, you'll end up in this place. 
where you start to see things for yourself and you can see yourself. And that's really where it began. So in 2020, when the pandemic hit, I just started seeing a lot of things going kind of haywire in the world. And I'm like, maybe I can start a podcast. So I launched a podcast. I thought it would be on mental health. But I think quickly I realized that's not what I want my podcast to be known for, for whatever reason, because I, my views on mental health now have changed. Even from like, if you want, if you listen to episode number one to what, what I'm doing now, there's not a huge amount of um, episodes in there. And the main reason is because I've changed so much, even in those two years since launching it. And now I feel like I have a much clearer direction in terms of where it's going. And uh, it's permanent. And that is speaking on topics that can really, really help individuals to be able to see themselves. Because that's the ultimate freedom that I think most people seek. Yeah. I'd say, man, if you feel like uh, maybe your viewpoints on things could change, just fucking put the episode out anyway, man. Because that's kind of the beauty of podcasts. It's like there's things that I've said in my podcast where I'm like, I don't really fucking agree with that anymore. But I'm just going to leave it there because I like documenting kind of the journey that I've been on. 100%. But, um... Yeah, no, it, was, it wasn't even that I don't want to put out episodes at that time. It was just like I was going through, like, the amount of energy it took for me. I, couldn't, I can't say that it's, like, for everyone like this, but the amount of energy it took for me to keep my eyes on myself at the beginning because I was so new to it, it required everything, hence mm-hmm. the name. That's what, really where my name came, the podcast name came from. It required everything from me to be able to do this. And mm-hmm. I think it requires everything of the individual to be able to commit to something like this. And I know that it's a very small amount of people that are willing to do it because it's tough. It's, it's a grind. It requires a lot of, you know, reflection, focus, and presence is really the hard part because we can get so caught up in our heads living this life that might not even be true. You know what I mean? Like I mentioned, just getting angry at the car in the car over an argument that you haven't even attended yet. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And I realized like I was doing that a lot and I'm like, why? And to just be able to sit in the car and catch myself doing that at first, it took a lot of practice. It took an incredible amount of practice, but I could, t- I just wanted to change my life. I just, I desperately wanted to change because I, I just, something inside of me told me, man, this, this life doesn't have to be this way. Yeah. I think for a lot of people too, like the journey is like, um, it, it prematurely ends for people because like kind of ego is like, Hey, we made it to this step and we've made all these improvements in our lives. Like we're good. Right. Yeah. (laughs) It's just, well, you mentioned the ego there, right? I got a question for you. What do you like? What, what do you see the ego as? Um, I mean, there's, I feel like different definitions. I think it's a contextual thing. A lot of the time when I say ego, I think of it as the voice that's in the, my head. Right. That basically tries to keep you safe and comfortable. That's the way I view ego. Right. In that context. Right. Where, you ever think about where thoughts come from in the first place? Like where, yeah. like you think about something, right? And then. There are moments where I think some crazy ass shit and where the hell did I even come from? You know what I mean? Yeah, where yeah. You, like, I can't say I know the answer, but where do you think? Is, do you think that's where thoughts come from mainly? Is that voice, that ego voice inside your head that's trying to keep you safe? I don't think all thoughts come from that. I think that, um, fuck, I don't know. I don't know. Because I feel like a lot of the thoughts that I have are implanted thoughts. Right. From where we come? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I think that there's thoughts that we're that um, 
you know, maybe like all men have or all women, or I guess I should say all people have, mm -hmm. like, because, um, like I read a lot of Stoic philosophy and a right. lot of these guys are like living like thousands of years ago. Right. Um, or at least over a thousand years ago. And, um, it's like, yo, these guys are having really similar thoughts that I have. So either someone's programmed us to have these thoughts. Right. Or someone programmed them to have these thoughts, and those people are still programming right. us. Right. Like, like whether that be like a uh, a group of men or women that have power and they rule the government. Right. If you want to go down the conspiracy theory <laughs> road, or maybe a creator that that just uh, kind of plugs these things into us. Um, I don't know. It's a kind of a tough topic talk about because i don't really know where thoughts come from i don't think that there really is very many original thoughts in fact i don't really think there is any anymore right? now you think see isn't that interesting you say that you say that right where we're like we're not really sure where thoughts can come from right yeah but then you see mushrooms it, mushrooms mushrooms <laughs> you know what i mean I, I i did ayahuasca i had a whole trip from that too man but okay let's another, talk about that talk about that we can okay, talk about yeah, that but sure. i want to hear where you, where you think thoughts come from first. yeah uh, i i don't know i don't know if exactly where i if i know where thoughts can come from i do like when i spent some time when i began that time in my life to try to really understand myself the first place where i wanted to break it down was just i guess inside the body and i read this book by dr joe dispenza called uh, breaking the habit of being yourself and it was like my introduction to quantum physics and I was so fascinated by that book. I read that book So I, if timeline it was like Three months removed after coming back from from my trip from, from the, the cruise Bahamas. Yeah, and I was just on the hunt trying to just listen to podcasts I was just talking to people trying to pick up books and I heard an interview on a podcast with this gentleman named dr. Joe Spence and he was he was able to articulate a lot of things that for the first time, I could understand a lot of things that were going inside of me that I had no idea what was happening. So when I picked up his book, it made so much sense. It was so profound. Um, I read that thing like 18 times in the span of like nine months to really understand. Because I'm slow. I really am. You know, I'm slow. It takes a lot of, a lot of different attempts for me to understand something. Mm -hmm. But once I get it, I get it. Mm -hmm. And what that book said, or at least from what I understand, is thoughts are essentially just, it's just neurology, it's just electric, it's just electricity happening inside your brain. Um, each time you see something with your eyes, depending on how, you know, intense the emotion is with what you view the world in in that moment, that's how th thick that wiring inside your brain gets formed. You know, like neurological Neurologically, pathways. yeah. So if you're really, really angry in a moment and you see something happening, that memory, that thought will stay in your brain it'll be easier to recollect like it. cements itself yes there. because the emotion was so intense and that started to make sense to me and i guess thoughts really then are just a collection of what you've seen and then what for whatever reason how your brain's wired as you think it just kind of goes off and on and then that becomes the voice inside your head do you think that like um there's a finite amount or a limited amount of kind of thoughts that we can think and that's limited by maybe the senses that we have or the way that we perceive the universe. Like, do you think that the reason that people have the same thoughts as people did thousands of years ago, right. like when you read like biblical stories right. or um, like any philo like ancient philosophies or anything like that, there's always like current themes that 
like you hear so many people like I'm not the I'm not the fucking first person to even say this where it's right, like right. wow these ideas and topics are so relevant today 100% do you think that the reason that there is like kind of that finite amount that, and maybe the reoccurring thoughts is because of the way that we perceive the universe the way that our brains have been developed to just kind of like we only have like five six senses yeah i say six (laughs) but five senses or whatever like whatever fucking senses that we have available for us like do you think that because there's a limited amount of senses or perceptions Mm -hmm. that that's why there's a limited amount of thoughts that's such a good question, man. That's a that's a really really good question. I'm um, not a doctor, by the way, so yeah. like I'm just fucking Could've spitballing. Me. No, <laughs> just spitballing here. <laughs> um, no, that's a really good question. I don't know if we have a limited. I guess what you're asking in this sense is like, do we have limited type of thinking? Uh, maybe depends on person to person. But what I will say in terms of what you talked about, in terms of people having re- repeat thoughts per se, my understanding of that is, you know, I think there's principles and values are timeless. And when people see those throughout history, I don't even know if they're really thoughts. It's more so observations and understandings within that you're seeing that you're just repeating out loud. And principles and values are timeless, right? Those things are timeless. So that's why you'll hear someone like maybe Joe Rogan on his podcast repeat something that was probably said 2,000 years ago, maybe even longer, because I think the human experience, like you said, the spectrum of emotion is the same. So we, but it's really what he's talking about are principles and values that are, that are just, they're indestructible. They exist. They're wired within us. And we just, once we have a deeper understanding of ourselves, we come across those things. And those are not, I don't think they're stored in our brains. It's just something that you, it's a fully immersive experience, meaning your mind, heart, your entire body's involved. And it's a complete understanding versus just neurology in your brain. Mm -hmm. I don't know if that made sense. No, dude. No, no. I get you. Um, I kind of feel like, uh, similarly as like what you're saying, I just maybe, um, don't have as much of a vocabulary to explain it. I like, uh, <laughs> listen, I have like maybe 300 words and I just kind of rotate all of that. <laughs> Dude, I love that. Um, before I go into asking you questions about like your ayahuasca journey, oh yeah, I want to, uh, dive back. One of the things I, I meant to ask you about earlier, I got distracted for a while you said something you said when you went on the trip you said i guess i was depressed right um well why do you say it like that because like i feel like there's <laughs> there's people that are like i was depressed or right. i am depressed or i was told i was depressed like how come you said i guess i was depressed that's a great question man and you know the reason why i say that is because today mental health and depression and anxiety and these things are thrown around like free candy yeah. And it's quite dangerous. And the reason why I'd say it's dangerous is because there's so much meaning behind the words. And then when you frame people's brain, and there's meaning behind the words because they've been taught that they're, these things are big, big time things. And then when you frame their brains in that way, and then you start to list out symptoms, you're almost making someone depressed because they want to identify with the depression possibly. Mm-hmm. And the reason why I say I guess I was depressed is because at the time I owned it. It was like part of me. I used to say my depression is this. And when I overcame it, I can't even tell you today if it was depression that was really like caused me to come to that point. It was, cl- it was all sorts of conditions and neurology, but the number I look back on it, number one was just in a, in a I don't want to say inability. It was just an unwillingness to see the reality of my life. There were certain things about my life, certain things about myself 
that I just did not like, that I just did not want to look at. And I got distracted with many, many, and I looked for distractions to keep me away from seeing those things about myself. And when I looked away, at one point, I guess, depression, this routine of just being down and kind of like looking to fix myself or read books and doing all these things became very, very attractive and I got lost in it. So, and I was told that's what depression is. And when I was told that's what depression is, uh, then I heard like, these are certain things you can do to try to fix it. And I sought out like professional help and I was thinking about seeking out professional help, but I don't know, something in my heart just told me that it just, if you just pursue this, it's just something a little bit more deeper. And I'm happy with the decision I made. I'm not saying that people shouldn't seek out professional help, but uh, that's, that's the reason why I say, I guess I had depression because I don't really know if I had depression. All I know is I just had a really, really tough time in my life at that point. And I just said, okay, I'm just, I, I'm done trying to feeling like this. If I die, I die, but I'm going to go ahead and just give it everything I got to try to come out of this and see if I too can be like normal people out there who don't experience this and just kind of live their life. So how do you, how do you go from, uh, this guy who like is maybe contemplating suicide on a beautiful vacation yeah, right. um, to a guy who's then doing ayahuasca to a guy who's, uh, well, I won't like tell your own timeline to yeah, you, yeah, but like, how do you, how do you go from, uh, like this, like a uh, quote unquote depression to ayahuasca to now, right. I've got to share my story on a podcast. Right. Um, it's a great, to- okay. So time to preface, I actually did ayahuasca long before I ever became depressed, quote unquote. Okay. Not long before. I did it maybe It a caused year. your depression. No, I'm just fucking... Yeah, no, you, you, don't, you never know what you know what I mean. Uh, because I know a lot of people have, uh, generally speaking, when it comes to shrooms and these psychedelics, people have a lot of... Po- they have a, there's a lot of plenty of positive stories um, that come out with it. You know, people say they have all sorts of realizations and stuff. And the reason why I took ayahuasca, because once again, it was just that repeat pattern. I was really frustrated with my life. I wanted to be wealthy ever since I was a kid. I just wanted to retire my parents. I wanted to become rich because money was going to solve a lot of my problems, especially at home. Um, of course, money solves all problems. Right? Man. That's at least my financial problems, right? Yeah. And I felt like if I could just do take care of those things first, then I could eventually maybe start to take care of myself or whatever. But money was number one. And everything I tried turned to shit. Nothing seemed to work. I... Um, I just didn't seem like I had a lot of... My skill set sucked. I didn't know if I... I just... I looked at myself. I'm like, I'm undisciplined. I can't do these things. And I don't know what was wrong with me. So someone told me at the time, um, someone mentioned ayahuasca. And when they mentioned ayahuasca, what ended up happening was uh, just the way they described it. Literally, it was like a 10-second pitch. They're like, I heard you can do this, blah, blah, blah. It helps you overcome. I'm like, done. Done. Let's do it. I, that's just my personality, I guess. Like, I'm either in it. If I, if I see something in it, I'm going to go for it. And so my first session that I did, that I took, do, doing ayahuasca was um, it's a funny story, man. It was just, it was not a place that you would typically find, like, a guy like me there. This is not a Yer Hussein Aziz type of place. I showed up. I was, um, I was rushing there, which is just a really... An analogy of my life at that point. Everything was rushed. I actually got pulled over that day Fuck. from the police, and I was going to miss the ceremony. So I like, and the guy's like, <laughs> I had so many driver issues, right? Driving license issues. So this guy pulls me over, gives me a ticket. I eventually get there. I just get there on time, and everyone's already set up. And I show up to this house out in Tawasson where the ceremony is happening. And this is not just something, by the way. It's not just something you can just show up and take, right? You have to. You're overseen. There's a lot of people there. I had to. 
I had to prepare physically. I went vegetarian for two weeks. The only time I'll ever do that. You know what I mean? I had to really like cleanse out your body because they said, you know, if you don't, you're going to find more time just like physically trying to purge versus really coming for it. So I went there and I arrived late, just running with like, I had a suit on, man. I had a suit on going to an ayahuasca. (laughs) I just finished work. I show up and I walk into the door and this really Zen guy, I've never met him, uh, walks in. And I didn't even know he was going to be doing the ceremony. And he's like... He's like the shaman or whatever? Yeah, the shaman. That's right. right. See, you know better than I do. And I went. And everyone's kind of got their places ready. People bought, you know, sleeping bags. Some people brought mattresses. And I brought like a blanket to lay on the floor. Yeah. I forgot. You're like Caillou. You show me. Yeah. Like literally. Here I am. Just like a bag, right? Like it's so unprepared. And I'm like, I'm just here. It's like, okay, fix me so I can get rich. All right? That was my attitude. So I walk in. And then all of a sudden, this Zen guy, Zen guy just walks up behind me, taps me on the shoulder. He's like, hi, Hussein. Never met him in my life. It freaked me out. I'm like, how do you even know my name? Yeah. I'm like, okay, this is one of those places. How did he know your name? I have no clue. To this day. I really? Know. I know that like, I was communicating with, uh, with like, the liaison or whatever via email, but no one had seen my face. Nobody had known who I am. But I guess he knew who I was. They probably did like a head count beforehand. You're the 100%. Only one missing. 100%. Yeah, yeah. Like, this guy's about to be showing up late. And I did. I did, you know, so I showed up late and then the ceremony begins and I found it really weird, man. I found it really weird. Like you have to bring like a, some sort of, uh, thing that's important to you. You place in the, in the, uh, center as some sort of offering people brought rocks and things. I mean, I didn't bring anything. So I kind of like, I made up. Was a, it like something to ground you or was it something that you had no, to so give? It's like, it's like a, it's like a ceremonial offering to the gods of sorts, like mother earth or whatever. You didn't get it back. No, no. You kind of just put it in the circle. And I don't know what happens to it. That's a good question. I never thought about it. But um, okay. what you do is you place it in the circle, and then you, and then you announce your intention for why you're there. Mm. So I got there, and I'm like this. I'm like the city guy. Okay, and I show up in my suit. I change. I didn't bring anything, so I literally just like took my pen, and I'm like, this pen is important to me. I've closed some sales, <laughs> just some bullshit on the spot, right? And uh, it's important to me, and my intention is to um, to kind of like overcome overcome my nonsense, so I can move on with my life and find some deeper, some purpose or something. Uh, but ultimately, what I was really saying was, I just want to stop being me so I can be rich because mm. it'll solve my problems. And I put that in and then they do the whole ceremony and you blow some smoke in the air and then you go to your corner. Everyone goes to their sacred space and then they hand out the tea. And so they started handing out the tea and he brought it to me and I took one cup. So on the day you're supposed to do this, you're supposed to fast, meaning you don't have any food, just have water. So I just drank water all that day and my stomach's empty. And I went and he gave me like this translucent color, like brown, but it was kind of transparent. It was what the tea looked like. It, it tasted pretty bad, but it was, you know, it wasn't bad. I took a whole swig of it. And I sat there for like 20, 30 minutes. Nothing's happening. So I go back for round two. I'm like, can I get another shot? It's not really taking effect here. And he's like, is this your first time? I'm like, yeah. He's like, are you sure? He's like, I recommend that you just take one because it's your first. I'm like, just give me another shot, dude. Like, this is not working. You know Savage. I mean? Yeah. I'm like, it's not working. I'm like, so he gives me another shot. I take it. And I'm sitting there. And then after that, another 10 minutes goes by. And I'm just thinking, I'm like, is it kicked in yet? You have moments where you're like, is this it? Is this it? Like shrooms. Say, yeah. Shrooms yeah. Yeah. It's like that too sometimes. Right? But for anyone who's never taken it, let me just tell you, when it kicks in, you will know that it's kicked in. <laughs> I was sitting there listening to my good old Chris Brown music, a huge Chris Brown fan uh. at the time. I was just listening to Breezy. And then all of a sudden, I just felt a rumbling in my stomach that just came out of nowhere. And I just, I knew exactly what was happening. I quickly threw off my, uh, 
headphones, and I, you're supposed to bring a bucket with you. Everyone brings a bucket because you're expected to purge. Throw up. Yeah, because yeah. you throw up. And I like how you say purge, not That's throw the term up. that they use, right? You're purging all your stuff. And I grabbed the bucket, and I just went at it. I was just like hurled. And as I'm hurtling, I realized, I'm like, you know, I fasted, man. I didn't eat anything. I didn't eat anything. And I'm purging a lot here. And what came out was black. It was black. It went in translucent brown. Now, I, this is what I remember, right? I don't know exactly what it does to you physically or whatnot, but that's what my experience was. And after I was done purging in the bucket. Are there, like, lights on at the time? Like, it's very dim. They got candles a lot of play. They got candles going. And the main guy who's the shaman, he's, got, he's doing, like, his guitar, you know, singing Zen music in the background. And um, they're, like, you know, there's, like, essential oils going on. It's very zen. You know, yeah, that's yeah, the atmosphere. Yeah. It's very, like, relaxed. They want to really the, keep The you Buddha on. painting here really hey, paints you, the picture. Yes, exactly. And once I put the bucket down, that's when I came back and, like, it, I started to, like, really, really understand what this thing was. And I hated it. All I wanted it to do was it to stop. I'm like, this sucks. This sucks. It freaked me out. I'd never been so scared in my life because I don't know if anyone's like done drugs or whatever. Like you, you get into some sort of high. Even when you get drunk, you get, you get drunk. But there's this understanding that the feeling's going to go away. You know what I mean? It's eventually going to come down. It's going to go away. And you're still in somewhat control of yourself. When I took this, like you start to hallucinate. I had never been like this off the rocker in my life. You know, I, I had... Um, and it was really freaking out. I couldn't really see people. I was just seeing pink. I felt like I, I wasn't really seeing bodies. I was just seeing spirits in the way. And, and I was just tripping, man. I was just tripping. And the guy beside me was having his trip. And he, like, rolled into my space. And he hit me. And I remember, look at, he, <laughs> I remember looking over. And he looked at me. He's like, oh, hey, man. He's like, what's your name again? And I looked at him, I'm like, oh, he's like, I'm like, it doesn't fucking matter, man. <laughs> it doesn't matter, get away. Because everyone's just tripping. You don't, you're not about yourself. And I just started biting my fingers just to make sure I'm in my body of sorts. And that lasted for like two hours. And I'm rolling and I'm, asking, I'm calling for my mom and everything. And then about hour three is when it starts to calm down. I started to calm down. And at this point, all of a sudden, I could just see all sorts of thoughts, and I had this new perspective on my life. Everything just changed, and that I could, I started to gain a new perspective. It's kind of like going through that valley of you know pain, and then on the other side, you start to come up, and the light starts to come through, and all of a sudden, I felt like this loving feeling in my heart, and throughout my entire body, and I was just like, I was just that guy, I was like, hey man, you know, how's it going, man? Just like really zen, and I remember calling some people. Um, I went to the backyard and we're calling all sorts of people that are close to my life and just talking to them. It's really like, they're probably wondering what the fuck is wrong with this guy right now. And that was it. That was it. I went back and I just felt like, okay, I, for the, I had never been that relaxed in my life. I felt relaxed. I felt like everything has just been peace. And the next morning I woke up, I went outside and I looked at leaves and trees for the first time like I've never had before. I never noticed this shit. Like nature, not a nature guy, man. I used to, I went to the beach once with a laptop and a bag and jeans. Like I didn't even know how to dress to the beach. I was not a nature person. I used to like make fun of people who were hiking. So I'm like, why would you hike? You know, you go mm-hmm. up a hill, like it's, it's the same tree over and over. You know what yeah, I mean? Like yeah. what you're not, the view's not really changing. So, and I grew up in Toronto, but like when I came out of this thing, all of a sudden I was just looking at trees, like birds flew over, and I was just like, all of us, what it essentially did was it just expanded my mind. 
and it opened me up to a whole bunch of stuff that I was neglecting in my life. And that was the physical experience, right? Just, oh, I'm noticing trees and stuff, but there's an internal experience that you have within yourself as well. And you start to see all the stuff that you were neglecting within. And I went and started to apologize to certain people and just, you know, change my life in that point. And it, but once, all, once that feeling went away, the Zen feeling, now I was left with a whole bunch of information that I could, I got access to my brain. And then I went right back to feeling the way that I was before, before I took the ayahuasca, just intense stress and access to all these different thoughts and perspectives. And then it really just threw me for a loop. I was just wondering what the hell life was all about at this point, what's going on. And nine months in, I guess I was really depressed. I had no answers. Like I thought the ayahuasca was going to be the answer for me in terms of being able to fix myself. It didn't. And I actually went for a round two a year later. And again, very similar experience. But um, after that one, I realized I'm like, no substance is going to pull you out of anything. You know, it gave me some perspective. But you'll eventually have to face yourself. Mm. And I think that uh, once again, the ayahuasca, it was just that repeat, um, like, habit that I had. I was just learning to avoid myself in some way. And this time I'd done it through ayahuasca. Great. I don't regret it. I don't regret it. And people ask me, do you recommend it for people? It really depends, man. I, it really depends. I'm not going to take it again. But ultimately, you just have to understand what if you are looking to do something like this, no matter what it is that you think you're going to overcome, that ayahuasca is going to help you, you need to face it. Mm-hmm. You need to confront it. You will need to be there to do it. So it's not going to be the save all to anything. Right. And some some people's experience might be different, but that was mine. Yeah, no, I I, I agree. I actually uh man, I've never done ayahuasca, but um I've done mushrooms quite a few times. And I've had sort of similar experiences. I think that it's probably a lot less intense. Right. But um I've had those similar experiences. Like one of the times that I did it with a buddy of mine, went for like a long walk around our, like the neighborhood we grew up and uh, well I grew up. Right. And uh, we end up, like, going back to my room. This is when I still lived at my parents' place. Right. And we're, like, sitting in my bedroom, and nobody's home in the house. Like, we timed it on a perfect day. We're, like, we're just the only two people home, right? (laughs) Right. And I'm sitting there, and I have, like, this trip where I started to think, like, is is anyone in my family coming back? Like, am I just alone in this home? Right. And then... um, So that paranoia starts to kick in. Oh, dude, yeah. And I start to think, like... uh, like, I start to think I'm stuck in, like, a simulation, and I think that my buddy is, like, an AI. So I'm, like, <laughs> asking him questions to trip him up to see if I can glitch the system. You're asking like, your buddy questions? Yeah, yeah. Right, like, right. I'm asking him questions. And, and is I, he on shrooms as well? Yep. Okay. Yeah, yeah, this yeah. must have been great. Oh, dude. <laughs> so I'm, I'm trying to convince him of things that I know to be false mm-hmm. because I think if I can glitch the system, I might be able to get out. Right. So... He, uh, uh, he was like, yo, did you move, like, your furniture around in your bedroom? Right. And I was like, no, you did. Right. And he's like, no, I didn't. And I was like, you definitely <laughs> did because I did mushrooms and then you moved everything around. And he's like, no, dude, like, I'm on mushrooms and I just noticed that maybe, like, before I got here, like, you had changed. And I had just recently rearranged my bedroom at the time. Right. So he was right. And right, I right. was trying to catch him in a lie almost. Right. But it was my lie. Right, right. Because I was like, if I can glitch AI, then I can maybe beat the system. And then maybe, like, the uh, the creator of the simulator will pull me out. <laughs> See, like, there you go. You're lying again, not even knowing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Play, no, I'll no, play, no. I'll play. No, I'll for play. real. Like, that's what I'll I was play. trying to do. And then... um 
Yeah, the reason I started talking about this, the reason I brought this up is um, I had a conversation with my girlfriend's brother recently where we were talking about um, hallucinogenics. We were talking about um, psychedelics. And he said something that was pretty cool. He basically said, like, um, you know, psychedelics, we were specifically talking about mushrooms. He's like, psychedelics will not fix your problems, but it might reveal you where your problems lie. Like, it'll break yeah. your ego enough. Absolutely. Yes. And it'll show you where you can do the work. But like right. you're saying, like, it's like, no, you still have to do that work. There is no shortcut. There's no shortcut to facing and overcoming your own ego. You know, there is no shortcut. You need to face it. But to give an example, like a comparison, like you mentioned shrooms. I had a friend of mine, I, kind of, I think he, the way he explained it is really, really good. It's really good uh, explanation. He said, because he's done ayahuasca as well. And he said, you know, the way he puts it is like, if you take, if you imagine yourself sitting in a car, anyone who's done like, if you ever drank or gotten high or whatever, it's like, if you're sober, you're driving the car, you got your hands on the wheel, you know? And then if you, uh, if you drink or get high or whatever, what you're saying is like, oh, you're just kind of like r remove your hands a little bit and see where the car kind of takes you. He's like, if you jump to like taking shrooms and stuff, now you're kind of, you've moved out of the past driver's seat and you're sitting in the back seat and you're seeing where it takes you. He's like, when you take ayahuasca, when you start taking that, like you are no longer in the car, you are holding on for dear life and just trying to stay <laughs> yeah. in. When he you're like that, on the roof yeah, holding on. Just holding on. And I saw, I'm like, that is exactly exactly it man it really is it's not for the faint of heart i don't recommend for you really really need to be like i recommend you be centered you have a, you have to be mentally tough you have to kind of you have to go in there somewhat prepared but that's really what it is because you might just fly off the rocker and never come back down really you know that's but all it really does is it kind of like it um gives you a new perspective on life in general because i as as crazy as that exper experience was in the sense that it was like out of body and all that stuff, nothing had felt more real for me than that moment. Mm. Like spiritually and all that stuff. At that moment, I'm like, I don't care what anyone says, there is definitely something after you die. Mm -hmm. without a, without, or at least like, there's something else going on in the background. You know what I mean? It's not, you're not just living in your body. It, it made a lot, a lot of sense for me after that point. Yeah. What do you think happens when you die? Oh man, that's a. Uh, I can't say for sure. I know, but uh, I, I love that you said that because I always say anyone that says they know for sure is fucking insane. Yeah, well, they're lying. They don't. There's no fucking way. Fucking liars, dude. <laughs> What's your obsession with lying? Well, be, well, it's not my obsession with lying. It's my obsession with the truth. And to be able to know the truth, you must be able to differentiate a lie. And to be able to see truth, you must know the truth within. And if you don't know your own, like the truth within, that's already written in your heart. You'll never, you'll never be able to decipher the lies around you. You'll be duped. You'll be deceived, and it all begins within you. Because if you're deceiving yourself, like I was much of my life, being deceived in the world is like it's the least of your concerns. Because yes, you are being deceived, but who's really allowing it? You know what I mean? Now, because I face myself, being able to call people out and just just be honest with people is not a challenge for me. It's uh, it comes quite naturally. It's quite easy, and sometimes I might, sometimes I guess I say stuff that's like offensive or whatever, or they might come across it's too aggressive, but the pursuit of the truth requires that. You need to be. Sometimes you need to be aggressive in pursuit of the truth. Sometimes you need to be, you know, just diligent and staying on top. It's just, it's just a requirement. So I wouldn't say it's my obsession with lying. It's sort, it's more so my obsession with the truth and just know to be able to see the truth. I have to know what a lie is. Yeah, or more so like uh, the obsession of asking the questions to begin with. Like, why do I ask questions? 
No, I mean like kind of maybe the obsession isn't with like a like the lie, but the ability to ask the questions about the lies. Where did I get that ability as a question? No, I'm just noticing it. Oh, okay. It's just not <laughs> okay. Yeah. Oh, I see. It's just. I thought it was a question. No. Um, no, man. Honestly, it's it's something that I've developed. It's like a skill that you develop. It's not something that I was born with. Um, most of the time, the average person is so caught up in the chatter in their own brain that the when you're talking to someone, when they speak, you're already caught up in trying to come up with some sort of response, much like I was most of my life. Mm-hmm. And I don't know exactly. I mean, there's an explanation why that happens. It's too long to discuss here, but um, it's just, yeah, I mean, when you face yourself... And you face the truth about like, I I was saying you know someone like, you know have you ever heard of the, that the uh, that famous serial killer, what's his name? Like there's a few of them. Like Ted Bundy, I think is that his name? Not Ted Bundy. Yeah, yeah. Is Ted, that his name? Ted Bundy, I think. Yeah, it's the guy that had the Volkswagen who raped a bunch of women. Yeah, and something them. like Bundy or like pedophiles and stuff. This might sound crazy. The scum of the earth. Yeah, yeah, scum of the earth. Right. Wretched people. Mm-hmm. This might sound crazy. But when I became, when I felt like I started to see the truth within me, I've come to understand that I'm no different. I'm no better than those people. You know what I mean? That do these things. Mm. It's all within us. It's all within us, the ability to do these things. But just because you have the ability to do them, that's not who you are. You know what I mean? And that might be, so when you start to seek the truth, you start to see your own wretchedness. And when you start to see your own wretchedness, it just becomes so much easier not to judge anyone over anything. Mm-hmm. And you can just see the truth of things. That's been my experience so far. You know what I mean about myself? And because a lot of times, I think much of my depression and all these things that I struggle with inside my own head was just like this unwillingness to face the reality of who I really was. And once I did that, it just like it just released this huge like mountain of weight that was sitting on my chest, in a sense. And I did a whole lot of things to try to come to that understanding. You know, I took ayahuasca twice, read one book like 28 times in nine months or whatever. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's, it's crazy obsessive stuff, but uh, it was worth it. I don't doubt, I don't regret it at all. Yeah. Do you, um, have you read the book Ordinary Men? No. Super interesting book. It kind of touches on what you were talking about. It, it talks about how um, some of these, uh, it's a book about Nazi officers and it follows like five different people right who end up working for like the secret police right and uh how they go from like random jobs like some of them were police officers uh some of them were like tradesmen that were just recruited into this kind of idea right and uh how they go from like witnessing their first murder of a jew and like going home saying like like throwing up on the spot right like sick to their stomachs going home to their wives being like I can't believe I have this job now. Like I'm, like I'm gonna kill myself. Like I don't want to do this. Right. To being the men that convince people to kill Jews. Right. Like, like executing them in public and right. And, and then convincing other men to execute them in public. And like, it, it touches on essentially what you're saying is like, the most wretched people that have ever existed are no different than us. Right. Yeah. I think it's it's so easy to assume we're so better than them. You know what I mean? But we have no idea the circumstances that put people in those situations. I mean, a lot of times when you mention a Nazi soldier, they would never even think of someone who went home and puked 
all over because of what they saw, right? It's just, we're, we just condemn them to being so evil and whatnot. And the actions that they did were evil. I'm not like, I'm definitely not shining. Coming to their defense. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Not at all. I'm not coming to the defense of any of that type of behavior. It's all wretched. Not the serial killer, not the pedophiles, nothing. I think we should all definitely stand up to those things immediately. We have to bring those things to the light. But I think the reason why those things take place and they're so like hard to find, especially like pedophilia today and like serial killers and whatnot. I think it's a reflection on society that that stuff happens behind closed doors. It's because it's a, it's a wretched behavior. It's not, not, it's because we know if the truth of that came out and it happened in public, we would all, we would all like, everyone would shun it. Everyone, it. Yeah, yeah, everyone would condemn it. But I think the reason why it happens is because today, this is my own personal opinion and my understanding of the world at this point and less is, is that today collectively as a society, most of us are okay with not seeing ourselves in our own wretchedness. We're okay with it mm-hmm. because we are the world and the world is us. You know what I mean? We're all in this whole thing, like literally just living this life collectively. And think about if, if each building block, which is an individual is okay with just kind of dismissing some of their own wretchedness and their own, um, evil or whatever and the only time that they'll try to address it is when it's it's starting to cause them pain like it happened for me that's exactly how we live as a world you know what i mean no one like to this day we know there's there's probably evil stuff happening right now pedophilia but if you tell somebody i mean they're too busy with their lives they're too busy doing something we know there are kids that are being abused but it all happens behind closed doors for that reason i think I don't know if that really makes sense. You know what I mean? But like, I I, think Hunter Biden's laptop proves that. But yeah, I mean that came out and look what happened. You know what I mean? It's just it was covered up and people are okay with that covering up. They were okay that it was dismissed. I think majority of people saw the images. You see it, at least the people who did. And the reason why we're okay with it is because we all like to shove a little bit of our own wretchedness under the under the rug. You know what I mean? Collectively as a group as a society. So when someone else sees that, it's like yeah, you know. Uh, I don't know if I want to, you know, take a look at that. It looks really gross. Yeah, or like kind of like a feeling of hopelessness. Like, what can I even fucking do about it? Right, right. That, right. And that, that definitely plays a big part. You know, why would I consume myself with all this negative stuff? I can't really do much. Yeah. Um, something that you said, it, like it kind of it like sparks thoughts in my head because I view a lot of the things like I, well, I should say I used to view a lot of the things that I did in my life uh, whether it's like different coping mechanisms that I had fallen into or uh, behavioral patterns that were not things that I'd be proud of now. And I think... Um, Why would you not be proud of them? Because uh, they hurt me and they hurt those around me. Right. And is that... Those things that you did that hurt them, Did you, would you at the time or even to this day, do you think that's who you were? Um... Yeah, I don't know how to answer that because I think that that's who I was maybe at the time. Right. Um, not who I am now. But um, Are you still ashamed of those things then? Yeah, I think sometimes. So if it's not who you are today, why are you still ashamed of them? Yeah, that's a good question, man. That's a really good question. Right? Just like it makes us think, you know, try to see ourselves. Like, why do I feel? I think words today... It's like even biblically, they talk about the devil like babble, using words as a means to like deceive and whatnot. I think we, sorry, go ahead. Yeah. I was just going to say, I think maybe for me personally, I think it's because of my whole life, I put a lot of value 
on what maybe people think of me. And I think that maybe other people right. still think that that's who I could be. Right. So it kind of makes me feel like guilty or ashamed of like, fuck, I really don't want them to think I'm that kind of a person. Right. Right. But well, sorry to interrupt. No, you. no. All, that's, it's, that's exactly. I mean, that's totally exactly what, what most of us kind of go through. You know what I mean? Like, I don't want to be exposed for these things that I did. But it goes back to what we were saying earlier. Like, if everybody, if you face your own wretchedness, if you look at it and you're like, yeah, you know what? That is within me. It's You shine the light within on it. It's no longer like this dark place that you have to cover up and try to hide. Mm-hmm. You know? I think as well, what I was going to say is uh, I think that we, um, I mean, personally, I, uh, I look back at my life and uh, that we, we, we tell ourselves these stories like, oh, I had to do that because of this circumstance. Like, uh, I'm still a good person. Right. Like we start right. to justify these things right. like, oh, I, I wasn't a flawed. Like right. I had to do this because of X, Y, and Z, because this person did this to me or this circumstance in my life was holding me back. So I had to steal. I had to do drugs. Right. I had to do these right. things. Like yeah. I'm not the same as that guy that ends up on the downtown east side. Yeah, yeah. Because I'm, I had to do drugs because of this circumstance. Everybody can somehow legitimize their reason for doing those actions. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? Everyone can, whether it be a lie or drugs or whatever. And we're always the good guy in our books. Exactly, exactly. It kind of takes me back to the criminology courses that I took where it tries to justify crime and people, how they, how they try to come to those conclusions. But, no, it's a, that's exactly the point, man. That's exactly the point is that... People will get upset at certain things that people do, not realizing that they do it too. Mm-hmm. And the reason why they don't, maybe they don't see it, is because they have a decent explanation within themselves why the, the reason why they do it is justified. Techn- Especially people like us that we worked in sales, like we're fucking good salesmen, but right. even better salesmen <laughs> to ourselves, man. Like we can sell ourselves a fucking. Any story. That is the greatest point. That probably the, if anybody got anything up to this point, if you <laughs> caught that, that could probably change your life. You, nobody sells you better than you sell yourself. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? But most people are unaware of what they're selling and what they're buying within. Yeah. You know what I mean? They have no idea who's selling, who's buying, and what's going on. They're just buying whatever that comes their way. And, and to be able to stop that process, it takes self-reflection. you got to become aware. You've got to start to see and you have to start to admit your negative things first. You know what I mean? You have to say, yeah, I lie too. If you lie, then you have no right to be upset at anyone who lies to you. Immediately. Immediately. And even if you don't lie, you still don't have a, a right to judge or be upset at someone. Because we know it's just part of the condition. And when you start to view it that way, because when someone, when someone lies to you, right, what ends up happening is what immediately takes you out of the moment? It's the anger. It's the emotion. But if you can learn to overcome that and realize that, you know, you're no better than anyone, you can stay present in that moment and continue to see the truth. But if someone lies to you, you just get upset. There you go. You're gone. You're gone in your head. Your emotions have taken over, and you're no longer present with that person. You know, you've bought into the lie. Yeah, and my brain always goes towards, I'm going to catch them in this lie. I know they're lying now, and I have to expose it. Right. <laughs> and then it's more about like being right than it is of actually like doing the right thing. Absolutely. I always say, you know, it's better to do, it's already, it's better to like, you know, see what is right rather than who is right. You know, that'll kind of end the conversation real quick. If we just meet on what is right versus who's right, it's, you know, we can always, we can always find common ground mm-hmm. because every human has what is right and what is good written in their heart, I think. 
Right. So for you, like when you started to make this kind of transformation for yourself, was it kind of freeing yourself of judgment from others? That's kind of what it sounds like for you. Or you were trying to alleviate yourself or erase the separation of like, this is who I am and these right. are these people who I'm judging consistently. Was that like a big issue for you at the time? Or Yeah, that's a great question, man. You know, it started off that way. It started off, I thought I was trying to free myself and just trying, I was trying to get to a point where like what people said didn't bother me or whatnot. I wanted to overcome people's opinions. And then what it turned into, the realization that I came to is all my life, all I've been really trying to do is free myself from myself. I was trying to break through the cage of myself. And it's, mm -hmm. it sounds weird, but I was, like, what it is is I was freeing myself from myself to become my true self. You know what I mean? Because there's this version of you that does exist, that doesn't worry, that isn't afraid, that doesn't doubt themselves. And you can be that 24-7. It is possible. But to be able to become that, and when you reach that state, much will be given to you in your life. Much will be given to you. But to be able to reach that point, much is required. And the requirement is you have to give up everything that you think you are. And so how, do you, how did you kind of start that process? Oh, man. I mean, like, you know, you, you, when I interviewed you, you talk about, like, it's starting at as early as nine years old. Um, I don't know if there was initially ever a beginning. I just, I've just always been. I've always just thought that there's a better day coming, that there's just something. I've never, ever, as dark as my days got, I just always believed that, like, there was some, like, there's an answer. Everything is figureoutable. You know what I mean? And having that attitude, I just, just kept on doing one thing after the other. And it's, it's a philosophy that now that I just live by from moment to moment, just live moment to moment, and you'll start to see, go as far as the horizon, and then you will see further. Right. And so, sorry, what was your question? I kind of was, when did that process begin for me? Um, I don't even really remember what my question was, but I think it was like, what did, maybe what, what your transition looked like or what, what your, what you had to achieve? Because like, was it kind of just like, um, the alleviation from like judging other people or you started to say it was like freeing yourself from yourself to find yourself. To become myself, like the true self that we all are, right? Um, but I, I think I get what you're saying now. Like where it really began, where it really started was just... Yeah, like what did you have to do? I guess the, the, I that's the better way to ask it because I'm, I'm an actionable step. 100%, 100%. I'm somebody that's like, I'm looking for some direction. I'm looking for 100%. like, what was step one and how did you kind of start that journey? 100%. That's a great question. Um the bet I to try to simplify this the best way that I can after reading like me, book after book and you know I did all sorts of meditations and whatnot. The the best way I can put it is I've always had a relationship with God. When I was a young kid, I spent I was really close to my grandfather, and my grandfather was a very religious person, and he's I grew up in a Muslim country. I was raised Muslim, and to this day, I would say I'm, I, I identify as a Muslim. Like you know what I mean? I guess I'm. That's I can, the box you fit in. <laughs> yeah, you know, I consider myself to be a Muslim, but I'm a Muslim to understand what it means to be a Muslim for myself. You know what I mean? I'm not living like just this. Like a, a lot of Islam today is just like an, a bunch of you know, things that you do throughout the day, like to get your five prayers out of the day, but you're not I even... I was going to say, pray five times yeah, a day? Yeah, pray, pray, you know, pray out the, bring out the mat, pray, pray, do, you know, um, 
you know, fast during Ramadan and a lot of activities that you kind of take place. And if you take the spirit out of it, which is yourself, and you take your own like understanding out of it, it just becomes like this routine that you're trying to do. And I've, I just always felt like there was something more to it. So I guess where it really started for me with my relationship was just trying to understand uh, my relationship with God and knowing that there was something better. And now I've come to understand that all my thoughts are lies all the time. All thoughts are all lies all the time because the truth is written in your heart and your brain is constantly wanting to like throw out whatever thoughts that are stored, like memories that are stored in your brain to try to make sense of what you're experiencing. But if you stay there, what you'll, over time, what you'll find is that nothing makes sense because it's, it's, it's a sensory experience. Like it doesn't make sense. It doesn't add up because the truth is actually in your heart. And to be able to get into your heart, you have to overcome the brain. Calm down the brain, overcome your thoughts, start to doubt your thoughts as being the reality and just be present. And when you become present, your life will be revealed to you. Who you have been and who you are will be revealed to you really, right? Because you're not just this memory of thoughts that you keep on repeating in your head. You're in existence. There's, there's a routine that you're doing. And if you stay in your head, you won't be able to see those things. So what, what I did to help begin that process, and you know, it's, I'll because I feel like right now I'm going through another just awakening. And the best way I can put it is what I initially did was I started to do meditations. And then, and I still prayed. And I still pray to this day, like Islamically. Uh, but I also Five added... times a day? No, I'm no, not. I'm, I'm, not I'm, I'm not 100%. I'm not 100% on those. I'll be honest. Um, I don't live in the Muslim country. Coming up, but you know, sometimes zero percent. Sometimes I score hundred percent. Sometimes I score like forty percent. Yeah, but I do my best. Um, I'm just fucking with right. you. No, I know, I know. But uh, the Muslim community is very criti- very critical of that. So. Yeah, I think every community's fucking <laughs> right. got its radicals that are critical of everything. Man. Right. Yeah, but I just try to keep my eyes on myself, man. I don't try not to judge anyone else, but. Um, what I do is a practice that I do practically for myself is every morning, um, I try to spend 20 to 30 minutes. First thing I do when I wake up is I close my eyes. It's not really meditating. I just sit there and I put my attention right in the middle of my forehead and I just watch the thoughts that come through my brain or through my head and just try to, and then just see them. That's all I try to do. Just see the thoughts that are happening and, as, and not get caught up in them. And practice just keeping your mind focused in that centered black space without getting caught up in your thoughts and calming, calming your brain. And then what I do is just I try to do that the rest of the day. That's the practice that I do. I try for the rest of my day, I try to be present with people so that when I talk to them, like when I'm talking to you right now, because I've practiced this for like over, well over a year now, I've gotten better at when you speak, the thoughts in my brain, are the volumes turn down. You know, and I know that there's, there will be a point where the volume will be off and I can just be present all the time. And as I've done that, more have been revealed to me. And I just I just take it moment to moment. It's been such a stressless life. It's been it, life seems to pan out. Things start to work. I know that uh, during the pandemic, a lot of people became stressed and you became a lot of uh, afraid for their incomes and stuff. Although I was so blessed that I started to learn this stuff during that time. No real moment did I kind of overreact or freak out. I losing jobs over you know vaccines and stuff like that. Just the next thing always tend to pan out for me as long as I just kind of stayed in the moment, stayed present, and allowed life to just reveal itself. Because God, God is a revelation. You know, He reveals things to you, and you cannot see the revelations if you're caught up in your head all the time. It's just not going to be there for you. The truth is in the moment. The truth is in the present, and. 
in order to see it and understand it, you need to come into the presence of yourself. And that process is difficult, man. You have to let the ego die. The ego death is an extremely painful experience for a lot of people, as it was for me. And what happens is like you start to, if you see your life like this and you do that practice long enough, what you'll start to notice is like if you're watching life as a, a TV screen, you practice that enough, what you start to notice, the TV screen starts to break off and you get to see what's actually happening in life. The TV screen is the thoughts that are running through your head. But once you overcome the thoughts, now the smoke screen is being wiped away and you actually start to see what's happening in your life. You do that long enough, then you'll start to notice you also have a spiritual neck of sorts. You can start to look around and notice your own blind spots through the truth. And once you start to do that, you, you give up the identities that you think you are. You're not your job. You're not the parent. You're not the, you know, all these things that you think you are trying to hold your life together. You're just living life, experiencing it, doing the best you can to be an example of what I like to think is love. Love is the truth. I love that, man. That's uh, it's a lot to comprehend too. It's um, I'm trying to wrap my head around everything because there's a lot of things that I kind of do comprehend a little bit about what you're saying. No, you're right. It is a lot. It's like trying to drink out of a fire hydrant for sure. Yeah, I, but there is a lot of things that uh, I I resonate with, and there's a lot of things that I'm just still trying to understand. And I think um, yeah, these type these are the type of conversations that I like to have every single day because it's not you just you just got to stay immersed in it. You know, you got to remind yourself because it's in the moment. You know what I mean? It's in the present. So. I try to remind, have these conversations with my friends, with anyone that I come across. These are the things that I like to talk about. You know, I don't like to spend too much time about anything else, but just trying to see the truth. Mm-hmm. And these are the conversations you want to re-listen to over and over again. Just practice. You need to start practicing yourself. I'm going to. That's the nice thing about right. having I, I wasn't saying you have to do that, man. You're, <laughs> you're a pretty self-aware young man, man, honestly. Compared to what's out there in the world, you're already pretty self-aware. And because you have this willingness to seek, you're a seeker, bro. You're definitely a seeker. And it will come to you. Just there's no doubt in my mind that it'll come to you. Mm-hmm. As well, long as you just continue to see. I appreciate it. that. Um, it's just the truth. Yeah, yeah. No, I get what you mean. I get what you mean, man. Because I think that uh, there's a lot of things that you said that I understand in different words. And I think that um, one of them is like you said that everything's always panning out. I've got another friend who. I've got a whiteboard over there and you can feel free to grab the pen and write something on there because like people seem to just like grab it and and write quotes on there. (laughs) But uh, one of my buddies grabbed my permanent marker and wrote, everything's always working out for you. As an affirmation? Uh, Well, just a reminder. He just like wrote it down because he said it one time and I was like, what did you just say? Yeah, yeah. And he's like, dude, have you noticed that everything's always working out for you? And I was like, what do you mean? He's like, you're here. Right. Like, you know, like there's food in your fridge, there's a roof over your head. Like, right. Dude, how how would you be here right now if things weren't always working out for you? And I was like... Isn't that just the truth? I'm like, bro, right? can you write that on my whiteboard? And he grabbed a permanent Sharpie <laughs> and fucking wrote it on the whiteboard. It would only make sense that he writes it with a permanent Sharpie because that is the truth and the truth is permanent. Now I, they can erase it. Dude, I even said to him, I'm like, are you writing that in permanent Sharpie? He's like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like so nonchalant. Like if you write bullshit on there, yeah, you might want to write with something with a watermark. But if it's the truth, that is the truth, man. It, everything will work out for you if you can just continue to seek the way that you are. Yeah, yeah. Definitely. I think even if you don't, like, I feel like everything's just always working out for us. That's like, literally, if you ask him, that's the way he'll say it. He's right, like, dude, right. everything's always working out for you. 
Yeah, you know, I, I say it to everybody. He'll say it all the like. He'll say it to everybody every day. Right, right. It's all he says to people when they complain. Or well, he ain't he, lying, you dude. Know? I know. He's not lying. I know. I know because you just said it. It's like a universal truth. It's just in different words. Right. Exactly. I think what makes us think that it's not working out for us is the way that it's happening. We don't agree with the way that things happening in life. You might be here, you might be fed, but maybe you don't like the food that you're eating or the way that it arrived to you. I know that was really my biggest challenge. Like I had so many support structures around me, people that wanted to help me and people that wanted to push me in the right direction, but it just had to happen this particular way. And I think that was just all attached to my ego. And when it needs to happen your particular way, God can't give you the revelation. And he can't. You know, you're too stuck in trying to make it your way. And and I think I've come to understand, you know, God could care less if you believe in him or not. You know, he really can. He'll be like, this is, a, I, I'll give this to you. But if you want it to happen your way, he'll let you suffer. You know, he'll let you go through it. Maybe you might not think it's suffering, but uh, run for it. But I think that's really what causes that cognitive dissonance. It's the expectation versus the reality of our lives. Mm-hmm. So in the in the happenstance that um, someone's out there right now, mm-hmm. a young man, a young woman, or young uh, fucking ZZMs, <laughs> <laughs> and <Yeah>. canceled. <laughs> uh, you Bring know, it, so, baby. Yeah, yeah, yeah no. To in the event, Zers. yeah, yeah. Shout out to Zer. <laughs> but um, in the event that someone's like uh, suffering mentally and they've made it through this entire conversation. Um, like, what do you think, like, cause that was kind of why I was asking, like, what was step one for you? But like in, in a broad spectrum, like you were saying, uh, when you interviewed me, you're like, look, like a lot of this stuff can seem very daunting. Mm-hmm. Whoops. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of this stuff can seem daunting and right. it's tough for someone that's suffering mentally. Right. To hear a message like this. Like it's, right. it's, it's one thing if you're like looking for a message like this, but right. if you're like out there and you're fucked, right, like mentally fucked, right, and you're hearing all this stuff and you're like, oh, I'm just supposed to listen to God? Like, what the fuck? Like, right, oh, right. oh, if I just focus on my forehead in the morning, I'll feel <laughs> fucking good. Yeah. Like, yeah. what would your kind of message to that person be? Like, who's like, what the fuck is he talking about? Right. That's a great point. You know, I'll start by saying that depression and all these things that you're struggling with. Even though I agree with you, I right, should right. say no, that. Like, no, no, hundred percent. I, you're totally right, and not everyone's gonna agree with this. That's totally cool. You know what I mean? But I you would don't. Just, it's just a matter of time. Well, <laughs> <laughs> I would just start off. You know, I just preface by saying that what if you are experiencing what what seems to be depression or anxiety, um, just understand that it's a fully immersive experience. It's not just happening in your brain. It's a it's a bodily experience. It's uh, feeling down emotionally, mentally, spirit, and. I think that I've come to understand that mental health alone that that I don't even I've I don't even like the term by itself because it's not a physical issue it's a spiritual issue. I think um if you're suffering from those things it really is spiritual that's my understanding. Mm-hmm. But I don't want to get into this hocus pocus like soul stuff. Like you said let's keep it practical. And so to keep it practical the idea it, the under, one thing you have to understand is if you are it's that classic saying that, you know, it's like if you're suffering depression, you're stuck in the past. If you're suffering from anxiety, you're thinking about the future, right? People, someone can have that intellectual understanding, right? They can, they can understand that intellectually. They can agree with that quote. They could be suffering. They're like, oh, yeah, that is true. But I know it just it doesn't necessarily make a difference in their life right away. Throughout their day, they still struggle. They still suffer. 
So I, I encourage you to kind of take a look at that. Why is it that I understand it intellectually, but I still feel a particular way? And I propose to you, the reason was because it's a spiritual issue. Whether you believe in God or not, the truth is the truth. And the place where you can start, the best place where you can start to see the truth is by turning down the volume, which is your thoughts. And your thoughts is who you think you've become and who you are, right? And when you're really attached to them and you're really identified with them, it's, it's like it becomes really, really painful. And you need to experience that ego death. And the more attached that you are to your ego, meaning how identified you are to your identities, the more painful it's going to be to let go. But if you want freedom, if you want to overcome these challenges and these things that you're feeling, you'll need to go through that process. No one can do it for you. You must do it for yourself. You can seek guidance. You can have mentors. You can have people that will support you, but they cannot do it for you. So just begin with turning down the volume in your brain, and eventually, you know, you'll be shown. You'll be shown. No one has the answers for you. It's all within. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and that's one of the things, like, uh, through, like, actually practicing yoga, I had to do like probably 150 different yoga classes until I found one where I actually started to feel like a physical meditation. Right. Um, but And then I did like guided meditations on YouTube right. tons of times. Right. Now I'm at the point where I can start to meditate and I have a pretty similar practice to you. Yes. Um, I'm not going to go in and describe it, but uh, essentially, yeah, I focus on my body, a different point in my body or a spot on the wall. I'll set a timer so I'm not worried about like, did I fall asleep or did I do this? Like, I don't want to distract myself with those thoughts even. So I set like a timer for myself. Right. And I'll just throw on some chill music that kind of helps me kind of vibe out. 100%. Um, Once you get to that point without the guided, like the guidance in the meditation, that's when you're starting to really like can develop the skill, I think. Mm -hmm. But like, um, you know, for someone that, and like, I know, like, this is a lot of my peers. Um, I don't know if you kind of feel the same way. Like, maybe people that don't like the word God. They mm -hmm. don't really, like, believe in a God or a higher power. Like, how do you kind of, um, I guess, explain that? Or how could you kind of open someone's eyes for someone that is, like, um, maybe just believes we're here by mistake or believes that, like, they're just, like, a product 100%. of, like, random fucking calculations in the universe. I don't know what yeah. those people believe, but... 100%. Well, you know, at this point in my life, I don't try to convince people. I think it's wrong to try to convince someone a particular way. Right, but how or, could you help them? How could I help them? I don't know if I can. They have to be able to be willing to change. You have to be willing to seek within. So you don't think it's possible without like kind of understanding or having a relationship with a quote unquote God or a creator or No, it's well, sorry, say that again. Like do you think that it's possible for someone that doesn't believe in God to kind of go through a similar journey or similar... 100%, 100%. Because the experience is the same. You could throw a word on it, right? But I think the God is the word but the experience of it is all the same for us. And that's what I think, that's the, that's what I'm trying to use the word God there for. It's the principles, it's the it's values, it's the understanding. Yeah, because it's, I, I like to, I think God is a fairly uniting word. I think kind of brings everything into perspective. I think a lot of people like, like myself growing up, when I hear the word God, I think of a long bearded, gray haired man in a robe that sits in the clouds and just <laughs> judges people. Like that's a yeah. good guy. That's a bad guy. Yeah. You know what? That's a great point. And that, to that, I'll say this. I want people to understand that God does not judge you. God does not judge. He doesn't hold things against you. 
He knows you're susceptible to everything that you do because you try to live your life without him. And when you fall into these things, he's not judging you for falling into those things. He's just waiting for you to seek and, gui- and seek his guidance because he'll bring you out of it. And if you think God is judging you and he's l- sitting up there and counting all the things that you've done wrong so you can make, he can make you burn in hell forever and ever and you, so you suffer, you just have to understand that understanding alone is probably causing your suffering today because you're trying to run from that because you're afraid of the judgment. But really, it's not the judgment of God that we're afraid of. It's the judgment that we have in ourselves that we just don't want to face. You know what I mean? We really, ju- we, so many of us get caught up in judging ourselves for doing wrong and doing these things and thinking that God's mad at us. It's really not God. It's those thoughts. It's those wretched thoughts. It's the brain that's firing off and lo- who knows who's using your brain to, I don't know where that power really comes from. I guess you could say it's an adversarial power. It could be this, it could be the devil. I don't know. But you have to, God does not judge you for doing wrong. You know, the only thing that you, that you suffer as a result from is playing God by judging. When you judge, you're trying to play God, and as a result, you kind of lead yourself astray. Whether you're judging someone else or yourself or... Someone else, yourself, the wall, anything. Judgment will lead you astray. The truth will bring you back to yourself. It's interesting you say that because I've, uh, like, we've, we've kind of discussed, like, I deal with, like, a... Uh, anger sometimes and i look at a lot of the things in the world with anger and i'm like right. why the fuck is it like this and i right. find that a lot of the things that anger me about the world are just weird manifestations of my own characteristics that is so see didn't i tell you you're a seeker <laughs> you know what i mean to be able to have that perspective and understanding man that's that requires some self-reflection for sure but what do, what do you mean by that exactly um like i think of like um one of the things i've been joking around about like uh recently is like this is like a super small weird example but like i get so fucking pissed when people drive slow in the passing lane right and then there's other times where i'm like cruising down a fucking highway you know my girl sitting in the passenger seat we're listening to a good song lost in conversation and someone starts riding my ass and i'm like why is this motherfucker riding right up my ass like, right i'm gonna brake stomp this mo-. and i'm like i'm driving slow in the fast lane man what the fuck <laughs> i'm that guy yeah. so let me so that example that you gave about the driving one i think everybody on some level can relate Right, my my pet peeve that would just drive me nuts back in the day when I was an angry person was uh, I had road rage issues, but it was a person who was in front of me at a light at an intersection, and when the light goes green, that's when you turn on the left sig- left turn signal. Oh yeah, yeah you yeah, want to yeah. choke someone out, and you're like, bro, I could have gotten the right lane if I knew you were gonna fucking turn. Right, right, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. So the question I have for you then in that sp- particular situation is, what kind of a person gets angry at that? A judgmental person or someone that is. Uh that views themselves as someone that wouldn't do that. Right. That's, right? Like, right. That's like, it's always Maybe, like, yeah, I don't know, yeah. That's always the way that? I view it. Like, that's the way I view it. It's like, I catch myself, I'll get mad at someone else doing it. I've even joked, I'm like, I'm going to get a fucking sign for the back of my truck that says, if you're not passing someone, get in the fucking right lane. <laughs> and I'm like, wait. And then there you are doing there it. There I am. <laughs> yeah, there I am driving slow in the left lane sometimes. Right. Yeah, and that's that's exactly, man. That's what I talk about being able to see ourselves. You know, you ha- we have to be able to see ourselves. And when you start to see yourself in that moment, just that brief moment is like a brief wake-up call. And then you start to see yourself, how you're behaving in other places of your life, how you're interacting when you're with your mom, with your sister, your girlfriend, your wife, your kids, everything. When you begin to see yourself, that's life being revealed to you. That's the revelation. 
And when you come, and then you can slowly, but ever so gradually, return back to the truth of who you are. Because all these things, you know, you said like I, I have anger, I get angry, or something like that. It's, I think everyone struggles with it, but I do think there's a point where you can just live without being. Nothing, nothing, can get you off, off that centered path where you're just calm and you don't judge and you don't get angry. I think there is a there is a point in time. I'm sure people will like challenge me on that, but I think there is a point in time where you can pursue that where nothing will anger you. You can just You just become the Buddha. Yeah, I guess. I guess <laughs> would it be the Buddha but without having to sit in you know Under uh, a tree or all whatever. day. You can literally be at a Canucks game, you know, maybe even like having a cough syrup or two and and <laughs> something happens and you don't get angry. You know what I mean? If you practice it long enough. Because I think if you if you're willing to surrender your ego fully God will take all those emotions away from you. And when he does, you can be yourself. You can be you can be who he has made. And I think that's what it means when people say, when he says, like, you know, I've created you in my own image. Because God's not angry. God's not judgmental. God is not the accuser. He doesn't accuse you of doing good. These are just my own personal beliefs, right? But I don't think he accuses you or judges you or do, does all these things. Because if that's what you think, that's what gets people to spiral out of control and do those things even more. So if jo- if God judges you on those things, why would he do things that will make you do that more? You know, mm-hmm. I don't think so. That's an intellectual trying to explanation, but to have you need to come to your own understanding, really. You know, I'm not trying to convince anybody that this is the way it is, but if you take the path and you start to do it, I think you will see that that's how it is. That's just the yeah. truth. I love that, man. Um, before we wrap things up here, because I do, I do think that that's a beautiful place to end it. Yeah. But um, I always have this question that it's really um, something I'm trying to figure out still. I've asked this to multiple people. Maybe if you've listened to a couple episodes, you might have heard me ask this question before. Right. But um, I'm going to run like a couple of situations by you and then ask you a question. Okay. So. Um, it's like a hot seat. Let's go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, it's it's super it's super laid back, and I've never gotten a good answer for it. Not that no, I've gotten good answers for it, but I don't Throwing think all that your they, guests under the water under the bridge right yeah, now. Dude, I don't have a good answer for <laughs> it. That's right. what. That's all. Right. But um, so like you take a take some like someone off the downtown east side, right? Right. And they're heavily addicted to drugs. Maybe homeless. Maybe they rob. They steal. They they have no um, issues fucking other people over. Like a someone that you you might view as like a lost cause. Right. And you kind of ask them or yourself or anyone that knows them, you're like, how did you end up like this? Right. And they basically will tell you or you'll hear a story about them where it's like, oh, this tragic thing happened to them. And then from there, their whole life just downward spiral. Right. Um, And then you have another person Sorry, the person who asked the question, their life starts to downward spiral? Because no, 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 no. You asked the question of, like, how did this person end up oh, right, in right. this situation? And then you hear about, oh, they had this tragic thing happen oh, okay, to them. okay, okay, yeah. And then their okay. life fucking spiraled downward. Right. And then there's other people who we look up to, um, maybe, like, your idol. I don't know who you idolize or if you idolize any other man or woman or anything like that, but right. you hear about these people that can achieve great things, and you're like, how did this happen? Like, well, what happened to them? Mm-hmm. Or like, how did they get to become this great? Right. And you hear, oh, this super tragic thing happened to them, and they turned their life around, and they became this fucking great person. Right. What do you think is the difference between the two people because... They might have walked similar wow. lives, and then they have a tragic thing happen to them. Yeah. And then one of them just fucking plummets, and the other person ascends. 
Right. What do you think the difference between those two people are? But that's a, that's a really really credible question, man. Um, and I think it's a timeless question. But I would um, give you a second here. I think I honestly, for me, honestly, is just I think the person who who elevated their life decided they're going to see themselves for real, face themselves, and take and take responsibility. And the other person, where that one thing happened, they just continued along the path of wanting to avoid things. And they just, it, it, that became the habit. They just continue to avoid, 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 not look. And when you don't look, it's like it starts to pile up inside of you. And it becomes more and more difficult to um, overcome. And to be able to drown what you're not looking at, you just need to intensify the distraction or the numbing agent, whatever it may be. Because I think the addictions go beyond, you know, narcotics. People are addicted to, like, all sorts of things. Victimhood. Victimhood. Or yeah, victimhood's a very popular one these days. You know what I mean? All these movements and group mentalities and stuff <laughs> like that, right? So I think I... Sh but the person who overcame, I think they decided, you know what? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to face this. I'm going to look at myself and I'm going to become an individual. And when you do that, um, you take self-responsibility. You can, you can turn around go in one direction. But if you want to continue... Um, because I don't think anything just happens by accident in your life, right? Something big, tragic happens or whatever may cause it, regardless, you have, to, you have to face it. And I think the people who end up in a downward spiral just never wanted to face it, whether they lack the courage or whatever the reasoning be, but I, I think that's what happens. That's beautiful, man. I love that. That might be one of my favorite answers, to be honest. <laughs> I, 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 I've asked that question so many different times. I've gotten so many different answers. Right. I even asked my buddy that I met before I came by your place oh, yeah. the other day. I was like... Uh, I asked him when we were just walking around, one of my buddies, that I, I'm kind of going through a similar journey as or with, or I don't know what the gram, grammatically correct way to say that is, but we're walking similar paths. And I asked right. him that question. He said something kind of similar to that. Right, right. He, um, awesome. But yeah, man, I got to say, thank you so much for uh, coming down here today. And hey, listen, man, uh, I appreciate it so much. I appreciate you having me on. This has been quite the privilege. I just love this conversation. Um, and... Uh, Thank you. Thank you so much for having me on in the first place, man. This Fuck yeah, dude. Give yourself a plug. Tell people uh, where they can find you and uh, maybe on Instagram. Or yeah, 100%, your podcast, man. If you guys like want to tune into the EYG podcast, if you want to hear more of this, what it means to see yourself on a deeper level, uh, maybe you're in a whatever situation, whatever. But uh, if you want to hear more of this type of conversation, you can tune into the EYG podcast. Uh, I'm on Instagram. Handle is, uh, is that what they call it? Instagram handle? Yeah. Uh, it's my name, H-U-S-S-A-I-N-1319. And then the link to the podcast is in the bio. Sweet. I'll throw that at the bottom of the screen here for the uh, video version of this and the podcast notes for the audio version. But uh yeah, if you guys are still listening to this, uh, if, you're having, if, if, if you're listening to this in the morning, I hope you have a good day. If you're listening to this in the afternoon, Hope you're having a good day. And if you're listening to this in the evening, like it's the evening time for us yeah. right now, I hope you had sleep. a fucking good day. Yeah. Have a good sleep. Thank you guys so much and uh, much love and peace out, you crazy fucks.